Welcome to Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. I'm your lead investigator on this case, Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. Every episode is an investigation where you and I explore true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. We discuss the cases, share information, no chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. Now, grab your crime scene kit, a notebook, and your favorite hat. This is Best True Crime Podcast. This is part two of two of The Phantom of Heilbronn. The dates are 2002 to 2009. The place is Europe. Your assignment is to investigate and help identify a mysterious serial killer, the Phantom of Heilbronn. First of all, let's recap part one of two. She was a strange serial killer. A German newspaper wrote she was the most mysterious serial crime of the past century. She was dubbed the Phantom of Heilbronn and the woman without a face. And the only clue she left behind was on a cotton swab. On April 25, 2007, rookie Heilbronn cop Michelle Kaisfeder and her partner Martin Arnold are taking a break, sitting in their patrol car, when out of nowhere they're ambushed from behind with shots to the head. Michelle dies instantly. The killer steals her service weapon, an HKP-2000, and some ammo. Martin is placed in a coma. When he awakens, he will not remember anything. The only piece of evidence is a trace of DNA on the patrol vehicle's center console. The DNA tells investigators that the suspect was female, Eastern European, maybe Russian descent, and has a history of crime including murder, drug use, burglary, robbery, destruction of property, and also theft. The media would dub the serial killer the Phantom of Heilbronn and the crime spree the most mysterious serial crime of the past century. A Heilbronn Police Department special task force was created to track down this phantom. But in 2008, some officers began suspecting the DNA presence was misleading. Perpetrators of some of the crimes had been arrested, but none of them admitted to ever working with a female. The phantom's DNA was not in any database, and DNA was the only evidence at the scene of the crimes. The phantom had no set pattern, but the reward was increased to 400,000 euros for even a clue, a scrap of information. Nothing was forthcoming. In 2002, DNA extracted from a case involving a burned corpse matched the phantom's DNA. The DNA test was repeated. This meant using a new cotton swab. But now, no trace of the phantom's DNA on this second test. Next, some juveniles were caught breaking into a school. A DNA swab revealed the phantom had a hand in this crime, but the juveniles denied knowing anything about a female accomplice. Investigators had come up on a novel idea back in 2008. The DNA presence was misleading. They had discussed possible contamination of the crime scene or the swabs. Maybe it wasn't the DNA, but the way it was being collected. Nonsense, the devil's advocates had argued. Cotton swabs are sterilized before being used to collect DNA samples. Sterilization removes viruses, bacteria, and fungi. 
so there was no way contamination could have occurred. But in 2009, investigators got a break. It was not what they hoped. Now we come to a brand new case. Are you ready? Buckle up. The swabs used by many state police departments were found to have been contaminated before shipping. It was found that the contaminated swabs all came from the same factory. Now, the Bavarian police departments obtained their swabs from a different factory, which explains why no DNA of the Phantom was ever found in crime scenes in Bavaria, although that state is close to many of the crime scenes where this DNA was found. It was just assumed that the Phantom never struck in Bavaria because the Phantom's DNA was never found there. The cotton swabs used at crime scenes by many German states were all manufactured by Austria company Greiner Bio One International. More research revealed the swabs had been contaminated before they were shipped out from Greiner Bio One International. Now, guess who clocked into work at Greiner Bio One International? Eastern European women fitting the DNA type the Phantom of Hybron's DNA was assumed to match. Hmm. And the 2008 naysayers were partially right. The cotton swabs used at the crime scenes were sterilized before being used to collect these DNA samples. Sterilizing does remove viruses, bacteria, and fungi. But it does not destroy DNA. So somewhere along the line of manufacturing, probably in the packaging department, human cells from an Eastern European woman, probably Russian, contaminated the swabs, which would be used to collect DNA at the crime scenes, which linked them all together. In late March 2009, investigators announced publicly there was no Phantom of Heilbronn. And as in any massive mistake, Guess what? Everybody looks for someone to blame. One investigator would tell the press publicly, well, these things were double packaged, so we thought they were the Mercedes of cotton swabs. But then the Austrian manufacturer would counter that comment. They announced, Griner Bio One cotton swabs are not certified for DNA analysis. And then one press writer, they announced, does the police have cotton swabs in between their ears? Now, never mind, the press was all over the story of the woman without a face. First used in 1986, DNA was new, exciting, and so many law enforcement agencies had come to rely on DNA alone to solve crimes. But part of the problem was it had become the end-all, be-all in crime-solving. DNA should not be a standalone in determining a suspect, should not be relied on as just determining a suspect. But on the other hand, if DNA evidence is all one has, it is important evidence. Chemical and engineering news has called DNA profiling, quote, the gold standard in forensic science. Uh, not this time. Let's tally. In this case, for example, around 40 cases had to be reopened. There were 1,000 
400 false leads. There was the cost of 2,400 unneeded DNA checks. 16,000 wasted hours of overtime. A waste of 2 million euros. And think of all the victims that were denied. 3, 2, 1. And think of all the victims that were denied justice. Heilbronn cop Michelle Kaisvetter's murder was solved. She had been murdered by three thugs from the National Socialist Underground. One of those thugs, a female, received life in prison. Her two male accomplices committed suicide before they could be arrested. And get this, they used Michelle Kaisvetter's service weapon, the gun that they had stolen, to commit suicide. A memorial now stands where Michelle Kaisvetter was brutally murdered. And Michelle Kaisvetter's last words? Her last words had been, You can't get peace and quiet anywhere. And somewhere in the bowels of the Griner Bio One International Building, an Eastern European woman toiled away at her job, unknowingly leaving human cells on cotton swabs that would lead to one of the biggest blunders in investigative history. She was the phantom of Heilbrow, and like so many hundreds of law enforcement officials, she didn't even know it. Thus ends the mystery of the Phantom of Heilbronn, the woman without a face, known as one of the biggest blunders in investigative history. And thus ends your assignment, investigating a mysterious serial killer. I hope you will subscribe and keep listening. Be safe out there and spay and neuter pets and stupid people. Hey everybody, I'm Judith A. Yates, true crime author, criminologist, and I support PFLAG, that's Parents, Families, and Friends of LGBTQ, also known as PFLAG. The PFLAG Chapter Network provides confidential peer support, education, and advocacy to LGBTQ and people, their parents, and families, and allies. PFLAG Chapters are in communities in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, and Puerto Rico. PFLAG has been saving lives, strengthening families, and changing laws since its founding in 1973. PFLAG is the first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ and their families. PFLAG works to create a caring, just, and affirming world for LGBTQ and those who love them. You can learn more about PFLAG at www.pflag.org. Thank you for joining me on this investigation, exploring true crime, forensics, historic cases, dark history, and criminal theory. This is Best True Crime Podcast. No chatter, no commercials, no off-topic. I do hope you will subscribe. This podcast runs off donations only. You can drop us a donation, $35 or more, and I'll send you a signed book. Just go to www.besttruecrime.com. My name is Judith A. Yates, award-winning true crime author, a criminologist, and a paranormal explorer. 
thank you for joining me on Best True Crime Podcast, a division of Best True Crime Books, Games, and Video, LLC. Be safe out there.